I'm very tired. I actually only just got up. <laughs> Were you guys playing Borderlands into the wee hours of the night? No, actually, like I went to bed pretty early. Um, I'm just it, this this whole schedule thing is, or this whole being inside all the time is weird. Throwing um, you off a little bit. It it is, but it's also actually like. I feel like I'm sleeping better. That's kind of I ever than I ever do. Yeah, because I don't have any like stress to get up and get to work and it's, stuff. It's good to hear that you're thriving during the apocalypse. I think I am. I, I even I told uh, I was talking to one of my clients yesterday, and he was like, "It's pretty weird, you know. Like this is going on a long time. Like how are you holding up?" And I was like, "Honestly, I love it." <laughs> <laughs> I'm an introvert. This is my natural yeah. habitat. Yeah, I was like, I'm like naturally somebody that wants to stay home all the time anyway. <laughs> other Avoid than like, all contact things. with people at yeah <laughs> at all costs yeah he was taken aback by that i think it's been i think that's been the most interesting part of this is like most people can't handle this and i've learned that pretty quick just from people i work with yeah like they all talk about that they're all like this is so weird i want to go to the office i miss seeing people like it's like really <laughs> i don't know i know i'm in the minority there but I don't know. I feel it's, like it's I, just been, it's just I do been see funny. people that are like missing things that they weren't doing anyways. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I miss the stuff I actually was going out and doing. Like I miss board game meetup stuff and yeah and whatever. But like other than that, there's no difference for me because all of my most of my friends, you live away from me. So we play yeah. stuff online. So like it's it's not really new, I guess. But it's weird. It's weird because for me, like, I've just been working through the whole thing. And, like, my mm-hmm. life hasn't changed at all. Yeah, that's extra Like, the weird. roads are a little less busy in the morning. But other than that, like, yeah. it's business as usual at work. So, it's yeah. kind of, like, weird to see everyone freaking out about it. My wife's been working from home. So, like, she's, like, ready to take walks and stuff as soon as I walk in the door, too. But, like, other <laughs> I need than to that, get out of here. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, like, I'm just working, man. It's kind of weird to see the rest of the world going through it. I feel like I'm untouched by it a little. Yeah. By the drama. I'm just, like, ready to hit the couch as soon as I walk in the door, per usual, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, like, that's been the best part for me is I'm always so, like, we've talked about this a lot, like, just getting home from work and, like, maybe not wanting to do anything. Yeah. And now that now that I don't have to go anywhere, I don't even have a long commute to work. It's like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and now that I don't have to do that, I'm like way more awake. I I have way more interest in doing the things I want to do. Um, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's like this different mindset. Like I didn't have to get up and go somewhere. I don't want to be. So I have more energy to do things that I want to do, <laughs> even though I'm still working. Like it's I'm amazing. still working yeah, every yeah. day. Yeah. So it's, it's it's gonna be interesting to see everything recover. It's definitely from this it's definitely stressing people out where I work. Everyone's all snappy at each other and everything. It's like it's. Real, I, w- I mean, yeah, it's a real hostile I, stress stress high stress environment right now. Kind of stuff. If I had to go somewhere, I would be really stressed out for yeah. sure. Yeah, but that's why yeah. we have video games to distract us, and this is a video game podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's actually great because I've been able to play a lot of video games. This is uh this is the Whiff Punish Games Cast. I'm Nick, joined by AJ as always, and uh, yeah, I've had I feel like I have so much more time to play games. And we're, again, we're here to to get it's you no different, really. We're here to get you through the apocalypse. 
in the yeah, only the way apocalypse. in the only way that we know how. Yeah. Speaking talking of, about things we like. Speaking of, um, this is random, but it's topical. I think. Okay. I just wanted to get your opinion on it. So they just pushed back Last of Us Two indefinitely, right? Yeah. Very weird. Starting off the show with some news. But uh, do you think it's because they felt that a game that deals with pretty much the fallout of humanity because (laughs) an infection, like, kills everybody and changes them into flesh-eating monsters was a little too taboo for the times right now? So they were like, eh, let's decide to push this back a little bit. It's fun to romanticize it that way, but no, I don't think so. You don't think? I think it's no. I think it's definitely a business decision because I really don't think PS Five is going to come out this year. I don't think Xbox Series X is probably going to come out this year. Um, Last of Us Two, even though it was really close, it's it is weird that they still delay they delayed it. Not even to a certain date. Yeah, but it just isn't definitely. That's what makes me definitely is strange. That's yeah. what makes me think but, it's part of the. The decision just because it's not a good climate right now for that game to be in the I think, market. Because um, I don't I think, think it, I don't think they wouldn't sell like Animal Crossing destroyed. No, think about, is destroying right now. Think about it this way though. So um, the it, this this goes into Final Fantasy VII remake actually. So uh, Square was out there saying like physical copies of that game might be hard to get. Oh, uh, so you're right? thinking it's like a distribution type. Yeah, definitely, yeah, because, um, I mean, shipments of stuff, like, things are being prioritized, like, certain things are being prioritized, um, manufacturers might not be manufacturing, like, discs in, like, cases and stuff, because it's not important. right now, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I think, I, I think it's truly just a business thing, like, first day sales and, like, first month sales would be way lower than they would expect or hope for. Um, delaying it indefinitely, I don't know how that really recoups money because what is Naughty Dog doing? Are they just like bleeding money now? Like, are they work? I guess they could be working on whatever they're going to do next, but yeah, it's that, that was a surprising thing. Like I, I wouldn't, I'm sure somebody brought that up. Like, oh, it's a bad time. We shouldn't release a game about essentially another epidemic. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I really can't see that being the ultimate reason it, it, it for sure was because sales would be off i guess yeah i just feel like it's hard for me to to imagine that sales would get hurt that bad but i don't know maybe they would a lot of people still buy physical co- you still buy physical copies i right? do but i'm not that attached to them that if i wanted to play the game and it was like it is yeah. now that I would refuse to buy it because I couldn't get the physical copy. Like right, I don't. That's true. I bet people wouldn't. I bet a lot of people would just cave and get it digitally. Yeah. But yeah. but there's also there's also this like thing you can't lose sight of of somebody going into a store, seeing the cover of a game, and buying it. Like yeah. that, I think that is I think that is still a very big aspect of video game sales. I could be so wrong, but I I just. If yeah. that weren't the, if that weren't the case, they would have stopped making physical copies of games this probably halfway through this generation. So it it must be it must be worth doing and worth having and you know front facing for all yeah. stores like WalMarts and Targets and stuff. It's not just like GameStop. Yeah. So it's pretty yeah. crazy. It's it's crazy times right now, man. 
It really is. It's really weird. Um, but we're uh, we're gonna get through it. It's gonna be fine. Things are gonna be fine. I'm yeah. I'm weirdly optimistic about it. I I think it'll be. I think it'll last longer than a lot of people expect. But um, yeah. It's just interesting, and I guess. It could be stressful, but it, how how are things like that are completely unrelated going to be affected? And like that's what yeah. we're, that's what we're kind of talking about here is just like I don't I wouldn't think that the production of video games would matter in the long yeah, run. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you but, would think it has nothing to do with it, but literally every aspect of, of life, life yeah. is impacted. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's very strange. So what but, what? What have you been playing? I didn't mean to. Uh, I didn't mean to get no, all good, gloom and doom there in the beginning. No, it's a good I just start. That was pretty. Uh, I don't know. It, we, I mean, we could not. We could not not address it. I mean, yeah. this is also like a time capsule too, which is which is fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, actually, like a lot of games came out within the last month, and uh, yeah, one of the now in our last episode, actually. Yeah, one of the one of the biggest ones that I was very excited for was Doom Eternal. Um, I'm a known Doom fanatic. I think I've talked about it a ton over the course of the show. Uh, His original screen name on AIM was DoomFan69. <laughs> it should have been. It should have been that. Um, that I mean, good, I, wasn't it? when when you and I when you and I like became friends was the height of my yeah, Doom. Yeah, I can remember playing madness. that on your on your yeah computer. yeah like me me and. Me and Tyler were like, "How do you feel about playing the, that the all Doom the time?" Movie with The Rock. It was horrible. I saw it once. I never saw it again. There, there's one on Netflix now too, I, which is apparently even worse. <laughs> um, which kinda, I'll probably never watch. I kind of enjoyed that Doom movie with The Rock. It's it fun. was funny. It's fun in a really stupid, campy kind of way. There's like, I, I, I like that kind of movie where they just lean into well, garbage. Yeah, like I know what I'm getting into when I put yeah. that movie in the in the Blu-ray player. You know what I mean? Like I'm not expecting yeah. anything, so I, I can I can very much have fun with something like that. And that's what I own that movie. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, I guess like the this is a good point about the game, the camp. Um, like Doom 2016 was a huge hit. It that was game a huge is hit. Sick. There's a huge hit for 2v1. Uh, it was a real big surprise in a lot of ways because they they leaned into this weird campiness of Doom Guy being like this everlasting legendary hero of of yeah, war. Yeah, just just this known about force of nature that everybody is afraid of, including Hell itself. Like they fear the Doom Guy, and um, Doom Eternal goes so far into that like it, it honestly the lore of eternal is like extremely fleshed out and like a I huge mean, part of the game i think the lore of the original doom 2016 was extremely freshed out and well well so think about this like 2016 spent what it was all on mars um the whole game was on mars it was kind of a replay of of the original right it's doom one yeah and um so it was all on Mars. It was all these like you know kind of featureless industrial complexes and research labs and all this stuff, which yeah. again is like original Doom. Um, 
and then there was a little bit of hell and stuff like that. But Doom Eternal is like uh, you're you're jumping between dimensions. Um, you're on Earth. You're on this other totally different planet, which is apparently like where all the lore really comes from. Is how Doom Guy became known to be known as the Slayer. He becomes this everlasting legend of like across space and time and like there you go uh you go to hell um it just is just more all over the place yeah and don't spoil it's, too much of it because i'm definitely gonna play it no well i mean it's it like immediately the game starts telling you this yeah. stuff because like there's more cutscenes. it's there's more um where where in 2016 all the lore was like sidelined to codex entries yeah, basically audio file stuff you um, had to read a lot of that is still in Eternal. That's like primarily where you still learn about the really deep lore stuff in this mm-hmm. one. But but there's more cutscenes and more voice acting and like there's more characters that Doom Guy interacts with in a way that like help flesh all that out. And it's just like it's really weird like how how further they went or how much further they went with the lore. Like I did not expect that at all. I thought that was kind of just like a Here's a goofy thing that a couple like like a small writing team was probably tasked with on 2016. Like, do your best. Like, we're gonna throw. It doesn't this into matter the game. anyways. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, but like, and and but they went and they did out, really it, well with it. It enriches the game. Yeah, and they did really well with it. But then Eternal became like apparently it's like a huge focus for everything in Eternal because it Im- it informs the entire game, and which is really cool actually. Like initially, I was um. Initially, I was not into it. I thought it was kind of stupid. Uh, I was like, "Really, this is what you chose to do with this game?" Like, um, on t- like we'll get to the gameplay, but like you really chose to go super into the lore. Like, I don't think that's what Doom needs. And then after like as the game got on, I'm I'm only halfway through it. I'm kind of taking my time with it. As it went on, I was like, okay, I actually kind of love this. I think I think it's awesome. I think they did a really good job with it. It's a, because... it's a question, like, where else would you go with it, though? Exactly. Like, that's the thing. They've done the gameplay. They've done – there's been a hundred different versions of, of Doom. Yeah. Like, I, 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 don't know how, I don't know how much innovation you can expect from a team, you know what I mean? So, like, they innovated a lot on the gameplay, which apparently has – rubbed some people the wrong way which i'm very surprised by but i mean play the original doom or the doom 2016 again yeah i i I don't know yeah i i i'm like it really bums me out that some people feel that way i don't think that's like a very big um faction of people feeling yeah i don't think that's a huge like it it's that game has very good critic reviews on metacritic and stuff um but i mean but like josh like i Josh didn't like it that much. Yeah, I would like as, to hear his opinion. I'll have to ask. Which, um, yeah, which I was really surprised by. But but it's just like the lore that they really decided to lean into really impacts why the new gameplay is like really fucking crazy and like makes it more interesting, I think, because they, they really went hard on making it a more challenging shooter, which I think is really interesting and I'm really enjoying. And, and I'm actually having a pretty difficult time with yeah. it. Um, Did you play playing, the last one on like a bunch of harder difficulties and stuff? So, so I had to like really rack my brain. Um, no, I didn't, and I feel bad because I think um, Doom has always had like really funny like difficulty names, and the one the one that is con- that is hard in quotes is Ultra Violence. Yeah, and 
I played every Doom on Ultraviolence except Doom 2016. <laughs> uh, I, I started a second playthrough of 2016 on Ultraviolence, but I remember thinking, like, I don't know if I'm going to like this game that much, and I don't want to be beating my head against it. And then as I got through it, I, like, regretted playing it on normal. I should have played it on Ultraviolence. So I technically never finished 2016 on, on UV. Uh, I am playing Eternal on it. And that's I I'm finding it rewarding because I think Doom as a series shines on ultraviolence. Like you know you know how Halo always had that like they in their description of all the difficulties it like for heroic which is hard it would say the way that Halo is meant to be played. I don't yeah. know if you ever noticed that. Yeah. Um, I I think Doom is intended to be played on ultraviolence because. Doom is like, and has always been, really, uh, it's a shooter, but it also has always been really about resource management, where yeah. like... There's like some where, extra mechanics that isn't just you pointing the trigger at people and, and getting yeah, behind cover. Yeah, because there's health and ammo and power-up pickups like on the map and, and you have static. To keep moving, and you, and you have to force enemies to... Drop those pickups by doing your and the newer kills ones, yeah, and all, all yeah. that stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to like really be paying attention to like where's my health, where's my armor, is there a health pickup? Okay, I'll get that later when I really need it. Here's yeah. here's this invincibility pickup. I'm gonna wait until something big comes in, and you have then to I'm gonna figure grab out it. like a good run path through through yeah. the levels. Yeah. Like what you can't just r- strafe side to side. You have to figure out like a good like, yeah path to to take. Yeah, and then in, like, classic Doom, you would circle back through the map because, oh, there was a health pickup back here that I could really use now, and I know it's there, so I'm going to go get it. And, like, that that is, like, so unique to Doom. Like, nothing nothing else is really like that. Like, the Half-Life games were kind of like that. Um, it's kind of wild to say that too, because there is so many first-person shooter games. There's so many shooters, right? So many. So for them yeah. to have something that feels innovative and fresh, it's like pretty profound. And, and they maintain and they maintain that yeah. by having still this higher difficulty. I can't speak for Eternal on normal. I I have no idea if it's like that challenging at all. Um, but like all of that on top of like all these new gameplay systems, where like they added all of these new options while you're fighting things, like. You have a flamethrower on your shoulder that when you when you shoot it at enemies, they drop armor. So, like, that's a new way to get armor constantly. And it still has the glory kills to get health. Uh, it still has the chainsaw to get ammo back. Is it but glory kills or gory kills? Glory, G-L-O-R-Y. Um, even though it's super gory, too. <laughs> uh, but, like, it still has that stuff from 2016, but then there's the flamethrower. You have a grenade now, which uh, the grenade can either be fire or ice, and that does totally different things. Um, you have, whenever you melee things, uh, you, have a, you have a special type of melee now where once you fill up a meter, it does an explosion in a radius around you, which is really powerful, which is actually replacing... Um, or it's kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Complimenting like the Berserker health packs from original Doom where you would pick it up and you could just punch things and kill them yeah. in one hit. Um, that's essentially what this is now, but it's a really useful tool because you need to think, okay, I have this charged up. I'm going to use it on a more stronger enemy because it'll blow them up and everything around instead of a like imp 
And so like you're managing all of this stuff. Now, now you have a double jump and, a and an air dash and like they added all this platforming. So you're platforming in the middle of all these combat scenarios because it helps you get away from things and like dodge things better. And it is a lot like it objectively is an overwhelming experience. And I, and I, I've heard the criticism is it's too much. And I don't agree because I think it's awesome. And I think it is, it's, it's what the game needed. If they just did 2016 again, that would have been really boring. Um, I, I mean, in today's climate, like Doom 2 was essentially just Doom 1 again with better environments yeah, and, mean, a couple, it, and a couple different guns. But it like, would have been fine. I'm sure that people, some people probably wanted that. I think, I think the, the criticisms I've heard, that is yeah. what people wanted. And I think yeah. that's really weird because, like, usually when a sequel comes out and it doesn't do anything new, it gets criticized for that. So, like... I don't I I don't know. I don't get it. I I'm also a fanboy, so like there was like almost no way I wouldn't like this game. Yeah. Um it would have had to do something really offensive for me to not like it. Are you but, ready to golf clap it? Oh hell yeah. I th it, it's very good. All Doom right, Eternal is right. I'll, I'll join you. It is I have it. It is very I have good. I on it yet. highly highly recommend it. Um I don't know. I'm playing it on PC, and I think the mouse and keyboard stuff is, like, helping me get through it, actually, because you can do 360-degree turns without a problem, whereas yeah. on a con I don't know how it feels on a controller. Um, one last thing I want to say about it. They, they did add something really interesting to it, which are these enemies called Marauders, which are essentially Doomguy. They, they behave like Doomguy. They're very quick. They are within the lore. They are like Doom Guy. <laughs> um, they're just corrupted by hell. Um, but they're really interesting because they're like facing a like a human NPC in a Souls game, where they're really smart and they're really reactive and they're really challenging. <laughs> um, and I I think at this point I can say I think they were a good ad, but I have heard that they are like one of the biggest complaints yeah. in the game. I saw your Twitter post where you were like, I don't know if I like this enemy. Yeah, it took, I mean, that first time I fought it took me legitimately half an hour alone, like, just to fight that guy, that one. And and then they become a regular enemy, like like how every, Half how an Doom hour, does. meaning like that you were dying and had to restart over a and bunch over. of times, or yep. it, it took like a half an hour for you to just whittle his health down. No, I died, I died probably 30 times, because the fight is so quick, like, it was it was okay i'm dead to start over like it it really as is long, like as long as the load times aren't bad sometimes that wouldn't bother me can't comment i don't know i'm yeah. playing it on an ssd so it's like one second yeah um but yeah they're they're an interesting enemy and like they're the thing that is interesting about them in terms of doom is you can't shoot them you have to wait for an opportunity to shoot them and you have to be within a certain range of them in order to create that opportunity so like it's like this dance with an enemy where you're not just shooting the gun constantly, which is ha which has been doomed for 30 years. Now you have to like kind of hold your fire a little bit and wait for an opening. And it's, it's a strange decision for sure, but I think it's cool. Um, it, and it's hard. So like I have been frustrated. It has made me pretty mad a couple times where 
I stopped playing. I would like, okay, I'm I'm just walking away from this. I'll come back to it's it. It's good you have the ability to do that because I do not. I get so mad. I want to just. I'm like I'm. I get like this determination I think, in the bottom of my stomach. Or like I'm not quitting until I. Beat I think this. I learned that. I learned that from Souls because yeah. I think I think that feeling starts to make you dislike games. At least yeah. me personally. So like if you if you can't if you feel yourself getting really angry. I I recommend walking away from a game because I think it negatively impacts your impression of it. Yeah. And I don't ever want to do that because the one that I stopped on, I played this morning. I I was dying to him a bunch because it was within another combat scenario with other difficult enemies. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. And I got pissed and I played it this morning and beat him in a couple tries. And it was like that. You just need to like cool Walk off away from it. Yeah. That's a, which that's is, a which, good... which is, which is, it's yeah. a good advice for fighting games too. Honestly. Exactly, it go, it goes for like any video game, yeah. pretty much. I think so. But yeah, I love Doom Eternal. I think it's awesome. Um, highly recommend it. I think it might even be on sale already because of this quarantine thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Sweet. I'm excited for it. Yeah. It's it's cool. Even the art for that game, like the posters that they kept putting out for it, I'm like, man, these look so sweet. I have a bunch. I'm of so. On my phone. I'm so excited too because like they they like tweaked the look of some of the enemies because in 2016 they tried to like modernize them a little bit and in for Eternal they went back to like more of a classic look and it's so cool seeing like really yeah if you're familiar really with... high resolution old Doom yeah, looking things yeah, yeah. it's neat. awesome like the cyber demons look fucking so cool in this game it's for the fans yeah it I think for, it is I think Doom a lot fan of it 69 that's who it's for yeah Doom fan 69 yeah yeah. It's great. That's fun. You know what else is fun? What? Call of Duty. Yeah, holy shit. What a surprise. It's good. Um, I'm I'm glad you're uh I'm glad you're seeing the light. I mean, it's very it's a very specific form of Call of Duty, but yeah, it's okay. Su- suddenly suddenly Activision released Warzone, which is a new battle royale for Call of Duty. It's not Blackout. Um and what an opportune time for them to release it. Uh, like, literally right before the the country went on Shut lockdown. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Warzone is awesome. I have played so, so much of it, actually. And uh, I think it's an awesome battle royale. They made a lot of really cool changes to it. A lot of really good innovations. I mean, it is Call of Duty gunplay, but Call of Duty gunplay is objectively good. I just don't really like the games. I usually don't give a shit about them. But Warzone's free to play. Obvious decision there, yeah. Obvious, obvious decision. Like if they didn't make it free to play, that would have been stupid as hell. It's the only reason I didn't play Blackout. Yeah, because I was I wasn't gonna buy a game just to play Blackout. Like fuck that. Um, and they didn't release it separately. Where Warzone you can play separately, even though it forces you to download the entire game. (laughs) And then like sticks in your face the whole time you're playing. Yeah, it's like, hey, do you want to like buy the campaign or this battle pass or hey, multiplayer's free? Why don't you check that out and then buy the game? (laughs) But that's fine. I I mean, I understand. I understand that. That's okay. The business ethics of it. Yeah, yeah. But we played. You played it for the first time last night finally yeah. and then i kept playing with a couple of friends from work after oh we, nice we played so nice i got some time and i was i was do 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 <laughs> yeah the sound effects are really satisfying like when you yeah. hit somebody's armor and stuff yeah but uh i think it's good i like how they i like the gulag mode and and some of the the things they, they made it feels like you really still have to work together to get to the end in a way that's 
Yeah. That's really good. But then since they have ways to get back on the field, it keeps you invested, but it also makes the game take longer. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds, I think, with the Battle Royales, where you get the nice, lengthy game that feels earned to yeah. to win, which we haven't done yet, or I haven't done yet. Yeah, I haven't either. Nope. But like, is in terms of like pacing for a battle royale, like because you guys really like PUBG, but for me, I, I feel like that game too often is either like drop and die or drop and <laughs> don't see anybody for a thousand years and then have a quick fight and it's over. And right. like the pacing of it just d- doesn't work for me. As opposed to Apex, the other battle royale, which I would I would think some of, sometimes we don't think it's too hot all the time. I don't right. Know. Yeah. The it's it's weird because like well, so call it Warzone. They up the uh, player count to 150 right now, which is like so crazy actually. Uh, but Apex only has like 60, I think. Right. So like I think that's part of why Apex feels like you jump you drop in and you're like well we might see people and then we don't see them the whole game because the, the player count realistically isn't that big yeah so and the map's kind of small and everything and the map like and you would think the smaller map would help you like in, encounter people more but it sort of doesn't but like Warzone I mean they're they're even talking about upping it to 200 <laughs> which would be totally crazy but um they do a lot of really smart stuff in Warzone where like. Yeah, there's more players. The map is like pretty big actually, but um you would think you would think this would be like sacrilegious for the battle royale mode, especially with PUBG and stuff, but like in Warzone, if you're somewhat near another team and they're shooting other people, they'll pop up on your radar like a modern multiplayer like Call of Duty. Game. Like yeah, multiplayer and, Call of Duty. And I think that is just such a smart small change where like in PUBG in PUBG you have to listen and if you want to go seek them out you have to you have to really try and it, and it, and I think that's a highlight of that game but also for Warzone which is a more faster paced playing thing it's also smart because you have a general idea of where yeah, they are it and it just keeps the, the game moving it directs the players towards each other so you're always yeah. you're always in a yeah so it's like so it's like the circle closing is how the game keeps things moving, which is the battle royale thing. But then also here's this other thing of okay, you can sometimes see where they are on the map, and then there's then you can get kill streak things like you can buy UAVs and drones and stuff that also reveal players on the map. And there's just all these like little tweaks to the genre that like I don't yeah, I, I, it just makes it so I really like interesting because. Uh, Apex and PUBG both like require you to learn the game quite a bit before yeah. you can like play and have fun with it. Like PUBG's controls, I always they're they're fine, but there's a lot of them. There are a lot of them, and you have yeah. to you have to learn how to ads and you the gun attachments and like it's just a it's not it doesn't feel like the third person action games that we've been playing for. Yeah, I and I that's don't fine. Think that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I was going to say, I don't think PUBG adapts to a controller layout as well as it should. Like, I don't think they I don't think they spent enough time trying to, like, tweak that and make it feel more intuitive. But, like, I, feeling, totally, I totally agree. Feeling deadly in a gunfight in that game requires some learning, Yeah, is what I'm saying. So, yep. when you first start playing, you're dying a lot, and, and you don't feel like you're doing well, and it's frustrating to get into the game. And that's the yeah. same with Apex because everyone in Apex can move so dang good and take so many bullets 
that like yeah. it's hard. It's hard. yeah, they that really can. Hard. That game's hard it's, to play too. You got to be good at the game. It's to hard be, to kill people in Apex to be yeah. effective, and like some of the stuff that they put into Warzone, like the object, like going for objectives and yeah. the gulag, those mm-hmm. are like oh, little things that, like if if I don't feel that I can participate in killing other people as well, I can focus on getting objectives and money and, and money, looting, yeah. and I'm still helping my team out, and I'm not mm-hmm. in direct conflict. And it, it allows me to not be good at the game and still be a valuable asset to the team. Yeah. Now, Apex did that a little with hero abilities, so I don't want to, like, yeah. minimize that. But that's a good thing. And then the Gulag being one-on-one and getting a random oh, gun. So amazing. It's good because I don't think I'm good at, like, Call of Duty at all. I don't think yeah. I'm good at the game. Yeah. And I can win those pretty – I can win those one-on-one fights – not every time, but like I've won enough of them that I feel like you it's feel balanced. confident. It's balanced, yeah. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Every time it's, you die, it's like not like dang it, I'm dead. It's like well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my I'm gonna strap in my boots. I'm gonna fight myself right back to the front lines. And it's yeah, like a it's nice such a little, good last chance. Yeah, like and it's not even a last chance. It's just like a one more second chance or something. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it because you can get bought back. But like yeah, the gulag is so smart. Where, oh, you st- you dropped in, and like in PUBG, if you drop in, immediately die, the game's over. Start a new game. Yeah. Um, same thing, kind of the same thing with Apex. Like, people can get you back if they can get the banner and get to the certain thing, but you can only do that, like, once, I think. Um, but, yeah, like Warzone, the Gulag. Oh, I died. Okay, I'm going to the Gulag. And I get this one more chance, which is a really intense, really, like, short, quick, like, just thing like i'm just holding my as soon as i'm in there i'm holding my breath for like the 10 seconds that that one-on-one match lasts and it's it's so cool and like when you win it's really satisfying and if you lose it's well my teammate can buy me back and like it's just it's so good like frankly i think warzone is i'm gonna say this is better than PUBG. like it, it really is it's a it's it's the peak battle royale game in my opinion right now um it does everything better it does everything smarter um it's it's coming from an extremely talented developer that spends so much time on their gunplay and (laughs) and gameplay and money and they have a huge um they have so many resources to make those things feel really good PUBG was made by like a very tiny team of nobodies and then you know shifted over to like just maintaining and they're not really doing anything to it um so like I still love PUBG forever. I will always love PUBG, and I think it's yeah, a different it's experience. Innovator. It's a different experience too. Like it's a way different experience than Warzone. But but Warzone really does nail all of the things. It feels like it feels like an adventure the whole time, which is has always been my argument for PUBG. Let's not belittle how amazing it is to have deathmatch during the load screen. Yeah, yeah. We didn't even like, get the mention. The drop in. Yeah. It's so good. Like you, you're waiting for the lobby to fill up. Okay, just play Call of Duty Deathmatch, <laughs> like and earn with, XP with totally random towards guns. Your attachments and yeah. everything that you would get in multiplayer Call of Duty in general. Yeah, it's it's just they made so many smart decisions just across the board to innovate it, make it fun. I I again, I've played and it I, a ton. I, played it, I can't wait to play more. 
I played enough Blackout that I liked Call of Duty in a, as a battle royale in general. So yeah, like Warzone being Call of Duty as a battle royale with the vehicles and everything that Blackout had, and then adding all these like embellishments to yeah help with the pacing and help with accessibility and help with just being overall more fun. Like it's just a nice formula for yeah a battle royale. I think it just gives you it gives you so many more decisions to make too, which is like always good in everything. Yeah. Um like like oh, okay, my whole team's dead. I need to drop in a specific location that has a market around it and hopefully I can loot for money and then like it makes looting really important again. And in like PUBG, your decision is I need to be not outside the circle. That's it. Right, like that's yeah. that's the whole that's the whole decision. That's kind of the same thing with Apex. Like once you get a couple things, you get your guns going. Don't be in the don't be outside the circle. And like so, Warzone just adds in all these other things that you have to worry about and like think about and weigh. And it's just it's super good. I'm like just stunned at how much I like it. Like when we we played the first game, and I was like, okay, I can see how this is cool. And then suddenly we're playing it almost every night. For like multiple, multiple, like an hour or two, just constantly, like, and it, it's just become this thing that I just want to play all the time. And like, there's a ton of people playing it, so I have like multiple group. Like, we can get a group of three going pretty easily, and cross-platform play. Oh man! Oh my god! <laughs> like the fact that I can play it on PC with you guys is just amazing because I'm better at shooters with a mouse yeah. and keyboard. So like, it makes me more accessibility. Confident. Accessibility. Yeah. It makes me more confident about it. Like, I, I mean, I can definitely play multiplayer shooters on a controller. I did for years and still will. It's just um, the fact that we can do that. It's so seamless. It's so easy. It, there's no barriers at all. It's just, oh, just join my party and we're ready to go. Like, that. it is like, what else did it? Dauntless. Dauntless did the cross-platform play, like, seamlessly and really easily. The fact that we now have a Call of Duty game, and they did this when they released Modern Warfare anyway. It's not new with Warzone. Yeah. But the fact that we have, like, this huge, 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 huge developer that, like, yeah, did that, took that step. That can be. Show, show how they can do it. Yeah. And, like, and, and, and it works it really well, too. You can even, like, search friends on, like, last night I added a guy. I was playing on my PS4, and I added a guy's Xbox 360. Yeah. Na- or not 360, but his Xbox name. Yeah, it's crazy. And it added him right to my friends list. It's crazy that they're able to to drag across all services and like find those tags and names and stuff and yeah. it's just it's so it's it's stunningly impressive. Should we like, give it's it just, the golf club? Yeah, Warzone specifically. I didn't play anything else in Modern Warfare. Um All right. I mean, I heard it's good, but I don't really give a shit. <laughs> uh yeah, Warzone is awesome. So um, and I wish I could stream it. Uh, I tried. I cannot. Um, it's just way too. It's way too taxing on my PC, which is crazy and frustrating. But oh well. Um, oh well. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Nick. Stream review. Stream viewers. I maybe next I fe- PC. I feel like I'm feel missing like you're out. Like them down. I well, I feel like I'm missing out again. Like I felt this way with PUBG because I couldn't stream PUBG either. We had to record it locally, which was fun. That was still fun to do. But um, I can't even record Call of Duty. Like it's the same problem, weirdly. And I felt like I was missing out on streaming that game, and and now I feel like I'm missing out on streaming Warzone because I could be 
you know, people are probably watching that game and stuff. Yeah. So it's it sucks. Like, and it's really it's really frustrating. I could install it on PS4, but I don't want to. I don't want to learn it on a controller now. Like yeah. that just it doesn't feel valuable. So. So yeah. Cool. What else have you been playing? Uh, I think I we don't need to spend a ton of time on this. Is uh, Neo two? Uh, Neo I loved two. I loved the first Neo. I talked about it a lot. I played it a lot. Um, I had a lot of criticisms of it, but I think it's beside Dark Souls and Bloodborne and everything from software does. It's definitely the best Souls like. So um, just to rehash, what were your criticisms criticisms of the original one? Like in a in a quick. In summarized format. Repetitive enemies, repetitive levels. The loot stuff is cool, but it's very overwhelming. Okay, um, so now here's the golden question. Yeah. Did they fix those things in They Neo did 2? not. They did not fix any of that. <laughs> they they did not fix a single aspect of that. <laughs> so Neo 2 just is those things. I think I, think I Neo was... Neo in pro- general is those yeah, things. I, I feel like I was probably like one of i mean i don't know i didn't nobody talked about neo frankly like hardly i feel like i heard no discussion of neo just like i heard no discussion of the surge and like nobody seems to really give a shit about the games trying to be souls games as far as i am exposed to and um that was really frustrating change with neo 2 i don't think it's changed i I don't think no i think i think neo 2 even went extremely further under the radar just like surge 2 did and that's really frustrating. It's kind to of me. a hot market right now. There's a a lot of not a lot of, but there's at least a few big name games that have all come out in the recent. Yeah, it's it's a bad time. Animal, Animal Crossing, Doom, Ori, yeah. which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Yeah, I don't know it's a bad time. Not, but yeah, I agree. It's a bad time for Neo to launch. Um, th- though Neo One like sold really well, I think. So like critically, it might not get a lot of attention, but I think financially it did totally fine yeah which is which is great um because it's a really good game i and neo 2 is basically the same thing uh the only thing that i want to mention about it that i think is really awesome um they added new (laughs) neo is really again another overwhelming game of systems because dark souls is you know at this point people are familiar with it i think dark souls combat is pretty straightforward right um, Neo adds in the general like uh, frames are important, timing is important, dodging and stamina management is important. Neo adds in okay, now you can change stances and the stances do differently and or do things differently, and you can change the stances in the middle of a combat and you in the middle of a fight and you can get combos going. <laughs> and then there's also skill trees in terms of adding like different button combos and attack combos and ways to ways to react to certain situations and it's like insane the 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 depth of neo is insane and i think that's why it's really interesting and it's really hard it's really hard to master and i definitely am not a master of it so neo 2 added even more shit (laughs) like that um they added this thing where you turn into a demon now so on top of all the stuff that the series, like the first game had, um, now you have this demon form that you can turn into on the fly where you can counter, kind of like parrying with the gun in Bloodborne, essentially, or parrying in Sekiro, actually, too. Um, there's, a de- there's a counter with this demon form, and you can only do it at certain times, and if you manage to do it correctly, it like staggers the enemy faster and then it opens up all these other opportunities. 
and then you can equip um you're, you're kind of like playing a pokemon game in a in a weird way so whenever you defeat certain demons or yokai you get their heart and you uh it's it's like another thing to equip you can equip that heart in two slots and uh it gives you more abilities so the one that i use a lot there's like this one yokai that's like <laughs> he's just a he's just a a humanoid body on a single giant foot <laughs> and one of one of them his weapon is a giant hammer so when you kill them you get his heart you can equip that hammer to do in your yokai form and you could be in the middle of a combo and then you just bust out this hammer and it's just this extra attack in a combo and it's this extra meter to manage while you're doing stuff and I really appreciate all that despite me being overwhelmed by that game constantly but it it's a really nice addition. I think it's it's a it's a really thematically appropriate addition to the game. The whole story is based around you being part human, part demon, which is cool. But uh yeah, all but, that all that stuff that you're talking about it being overwhelming is probably like why when I watch footage of it it doesn't look like something that I really want to play. It's crazy. I I it, think um It looks good. Like I I enjoy the Souls games. I we as we talked about getting frustrated like I teeter on, on the balance of like getting too frustrated frustrated with them at times so like i'm trying i try to temper like i don't want to play too many of them because then i i know i'm not going to have a good time you know what i mean yeah so um but, like watching that that's just my my general not knowing anything about the game opinion of watching footage of that and people play it is it just it looks like too much to learn i would rather put that effort and time into like yeah more games or other games that i would rather learn does that make sense, kind of? Yeah, yeah, it does. And also, Neo, um, Neo asks a ton of time from yeah, the looks, player. It looks like it. Honestly, it is. It looks it is like crazy. a game that's that's requiring you to master several difficult, several difficult systems that interlock yeah. in unique ways. So, and also because it's a loot-driven game, uh, you have the whole it, RPG progression system. It wants that, you, yeah. It wants you to replay a lot of things or like yeah. do riffs on levels. That's why it's repetitive. Like yeah. that—that's where the repetitive stuff comes from because you have to do that. Otherwise, you won't level up and you'll be—you'll you be won't behind. master the mechanics and the systems that it and, requires to beat the game. And even not even mastering the systems, like you need to grind. Like in Dark Souls, you. Dark Souls, you don't even really need to grind. Like, if you master the game, you can get by without really grinding souls. But but Neo, if you're under leveled, you don't do any damage. Like, yeah. so if you're like because it's level based like that, um, you just won't. You'll just be banging your head literally against a wall, and you won't be able to do anything. So it forces you to play stuff over and over and do do side missions and and upgrade your weapons and armor and all this crazy shit. It. I think all of that is what makes it unique and why it's cool. It's just I That's can totally I can to totally people. understand, yeah. Like totally understand not giving it a shot and yeah. being like, Yeah, I just I'll just play Dark Souls again or something. Yeah. <laughs> There's enough of those like Dark Souls like games now, I feel like it's we're getting to the point where uh, Yeah, I I don't know. I mean I, I don't know. They're still I mean, kind we of get one or two a year. Rel- they're still relatively kind of isn't. But yeah, you're right. We at this point we are getting almost one a year. So, so yeah. I I don't know. I I I do recommend Neo. I think it's awesome, and I've been streaming it. Uh, Twitch TV slash Lost in a Contraption. Um, I'll I'll continue to play that for like probably the whole year. Yeah. So. 
we're getting like a lot of riffs on that too. Like even like Jedi Fallen Order, I just played and completed. Like that. Yeah, now more definitely gonna... had an interpretation of that kind of combat. So I just think yeah. that you know we're at a point where yeah, those games there's... aren't as unique as they used to be. No, no, so and that's it, all I'm it, saying. So yeah, no, and it's gonna be it's gonna be probably more prevalent as the years yeah. go on. Like would, now that people agree. start to start to understand it and see it, like we just one just got announced that's coming out this year. Uh, yeah, that game looks I, sick. I already forget the I name. I can't think of it, the name either. But um, it looks cool. The trailer of it looked really cool. I have it right here. It Mortal Shell is what Mortal it is. Shell. Uh, yeah, that that looks cool, and um, I'm curious about it. So, and that's coming out this year. So, like, that's a <laughs> there's the second, third. Because Surge Two came out this year, also. There's the third Souls like for 2020 at least. <laughs> and I think Fallen Order was a was a good example of like you can do this sort of thing and then make it more accessible. Yeah. Like not quite the same punishing. Yeah, like its focus isn't on the difficulty; yeah, it's more yeah, on the combat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. cool and exciting. And, yeah, uh, I mean, I want more of it because <laughs> it's my preferred way to play melee Anything. yeah third third person melee games for sure so yeah i don't blame you yeah that's fun so one more game that we both have touched a little bit and you finished right no not yet actually um, um we were both i'm pretty de- i'm pretty it. deep into it though ori and the will of the wisps yep it was one of my ori the first one was one of my game of the years games of the year last year yeah so I'm pretty excited about this. I haven't played a ton of it. I've just kind of poked around. I probably have like two or three power ups. So yeah. it's pro- probably a couple hours of play, and if that even on my yeah. save file. But life's been kind of crazy lately. So <laughs> yeah. But what's your opinion? How do you feel? I think I, it's awesome. I think it's awesome. I want to say, gosh darn it, we need to optimize our games. Like yeah, I'm not having I'm having issues even on PC, but it sounds like the console versions are frustrating for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. It it chugs, man. Yeah, it, it chugs, and like this is like the fourth game that I've played in a row that has like a ton of dropped frames. It's it's wild, and for like yeah. a platformer that requires really tight controlling, I haven't had any circumstances where it outright kills me because. It doesn't do it when you're platforming, which is funny. Yeah. It's all combat for the most part that I've seen. So that's yeah. a thing to be thankful for, I guess. But, like, jeez, yeah. can we just – I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't I don't know why that is with that game specifically. Um, it is it is surprising because, like, the first – I mean, it, or, looks, the, it looks beautiful. It's it looks like absolutely lush. incredible. The color, and that's what I was going to talk the, about. The movement of the animation on everything literally being animated. Like, I can see why it's taxing. I just... Yeah. It yep. bums me out. Is Like, can we just not get a game that performs as it should in 2020? I, I, apparently, we can't. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm constantly surprised whenever it happens on PC. <laughs> like, I have a really good PC. and I don't think it's, like, glaring on Xbox. It's just enough that I'm, like, it bums me out. It's just something that I notice. It does it weird times, too. So, like, 
again, it's not when you're jumping and platforming and needing precision. It's yeah. when you're like it's when you're like attacking an enemy or hitting a box to get stuff out of it. It it like will t- go down to like ten frames a second, and it's like what the hell? Why is this such a problem? Why why is this happening? It's almost I've, like the game knows when you don't need the <laughs> it's the priority. Perce- yeah, 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 and it's like okay, okay, slow down. It's like it's, yeah, take a break on the on taxing the hardware and stuff. Yeah. It's it's really weird, and I don't you know I don't know anything about optimizing video games at all because don't make games but harder sorry i apologize to anyone who would have been offended by my oh yeah i'm sure it's difficult but it's like it's also like the way that they developed that game i never noticed in the original one where it looks like it's a 2d game but they are 3d models and like most of the level is 3d models so like with all of that happening on on top of like the really high resolution painted look i think that's why it's an issue and and then now with Will of the Wisps, where there's like more focus on combat and like crazy animations and stuff, it just it just didn't it doesn't seem like they spent enough time ironing that out. Yeah, uh, and like a part, even though it was delayed for like a year, the first like it was supposed one, to come out last year. Part of why I liked the first one so much was because it ran like it, it was crisp and it mm. didn't drop frames and it was beautiful and like I don't know when games perform. At that nice super speed like pace without yeah. being any like you notice. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yep. And so that was like that, and I did not expect that at all from this and yeah, immediately from the when I started up. when I started playing, I was like, Wait, is something wrong? I even texted you guys and was like, Is is it my Xbox here that's jacked up? Because yeah. this should not be dropping frames like this and you guys were yep. like, Nope. That's the game. That's the game. And they didn't fix any of it really. I think they I think they launched one patch so far since it came out but i mean i've still had issues so i don't know but all of that yep all the bashing aside all uh, that aside uh, it is it is an awesome follow-up um it just stunning just absolutely stunning like i i'm constantly impressed every screen is like i could just sit here and look at this and take it in for minutes and and sometimes i do because it's just it's just amazing um as far as a Metroidvania game, like it's it's even more. I I didn't explore much in the first game because I had a lot of problems with how fast travel and stuff worked in that game. It, it was legitimately like bad. I think um, they fixed that with this one a little bit. I, didn't uh, they fix it in the first one too? I think they did. They might the have. Version I, mean, I, I played, played it. At, of it? I played it at release, so I don't. I know. think they did like a re. They like might have remaster version because how did fast travel work in the first one for you? I just think you could me, in the one remember. I played, you could go between any save point, any save is, point, which is normal fast travel for Metroidvanias. I would say it is not actually, um, but the, like that's not how Metroid works. That's Metroid, not how Hollow, you have to go. It's not how to, Hollow Knight worked either. Go to the fast travel point, which is less and and Castlevania and stuff. Yeah, which I actually thought that's how Ori worked. Um, so maybe maybe they did tweak that. I don't remember. I remember it being annoying, and, and honestly, like it's a while some, ago. Some Metroid so. games you can teleport from save stations, like I can't Fusion think, and all that. I can't think of any. Um, I think you can do it in like Metroid Fusion and those Game Boy Advance versions. I haven't played. I haven't played the Game Boy ones in man fifteen years. I should play those again. But anyway, uh, they fixed that. Like it's easier to get around in Will of the Wisps for sure. Um, you do still have to run through levels a lot, but I mean that's just part of this style of game, and and that's by design because then you'll notice like oh here's a thing I can access now, 
Yeah, that's how you find um, secrets a lot. I didn't do that a lot in the first game. I kind of just played the story and was done with that game. And and this one, I'm actually, which is the best part. a little bit, yeah. Yeah, which is the best part of these styles of games is whenever you want to do that. And I do want to do that because... Because usually they're like platforming based, which is fun. Um, I've I've been able to like break the platforming a little bit in that game too, because you can reach areas you should not be able to reach if you by just like, grabbing on walls and stuff. Yeah, in creative if you, if, ways. Yeah. Yep. You if could you do just, that in the first game too. Yeah. If you just yeah. really give it, like, if you really try, you can you can get to places you shouldn't get to, which is which is fun. Like that's that's fun. Um, but I I think the biggest thing with this one is that they made it more combat heavy. And like, like specifically, like Hollow Knight. Um, I'm not a fan of that. It's fine. I don't. Do they think do that it, so you can fight like big bosses. Is that you do fight do bosses? Yeah, there's a couple bosses. There, there haven't been that many because the actually. boss segments in the first one were just mainly running from something all the Which time. Which was the and coolest I had, part. I had one of those already in this game. Yeah, there's both. Yeah. Yeah, there's both of those. And I think that was what made the first game really unique was like, okay, you're not fighting the boss, you're running from it and it's a platforming challenge and you have to do it in a it, you, you have know, to do it you correctly. You know what other game did that? A, a lot of game Super Mario. Meat Boy. <laughs> yeah, Meat Yeah, Meat Boy did it. But yeah, I mean, when Ori first came out, it was like it was compared heavily to Meat Boy. Yeah. For that reason. And and it was awesome. Like that was really cool. And it, Will of the Wisps still has some of that, but they did go, they did go way further with the combat because like you can you can change a, your equipping abilities. You have a melee attack. You have a sword essentially. This um, is like a, another thing. You know, we we were critic we were praising Doom earlier for yeah the team making a, a creative decision and take the game different places and like here we were saying we should we should be more the same in the old one so it's tr- I'm not- it's true yeah that's a good point um i just don't know that doom was already a combat game and they just made the combat more interesting where ori was not a combat game and they made it a combat game and it's like uh, i don't know like i i get it yeah, it is a sequel. They need to do some different stuff, and and I don't hate the combat. It's it's yeah, just it's, just, it's like just when fine. I liked the original Ori not having combat. That was one of the things I enjoyed about yeah. that game. So or like I can, or I can essentially see that, no combat. Yeah, <laughs> like it had a little bit, but it was like not the focus, which is now yeah. kind of the focus. Like like um, I've talked about this with Mike, who was on the uh, Mike from work, who was on the Death Stranding episode. Like Hollow Knight, I think. One of the one of the positives of Hollow Knight is that the combat is fun and you need to fight things all the time because you need resources because getting all the upgrades in Hollow Knight is really worthwhile and helps with bosses down the road because it takes it takes a lot of stuff from like Souls games because yeah. it's really challenging. So like you need to do that. Ori you don't. Like you you don't need to do that. Like I'm I'm collecting things in Ori because I want to. But as far as like getting different combat abilities and stuff, I haven't bought any of them. Like I, I've, I'm just using the ones that I found because they work, and I don't really care to engage with it anymore. Yeah. And and I am never that person. I am I am never the person that just ignores systems in a game. Like I want to see what all the things can do, but I don't want to do the combat. So like I know how to do it, and I know how to get through it as fast as possible with the tools I already have. And that's just a bummer. 
because like whenever a boss comes up, I just groan. <laughs> like I'm like ah, I don't really want to fight a boss, but I guess I have to. So yeah, and that's no fun. They should be yeah. the best parts of the game. And, and they're cool. Like the bosses aren't bad. Like they're yeah. cool. They're well done. They're engaging and whatever. But it's just like I don't know. It's not what I'm here for. I'm here for how good it looks. I'm here for the the platforming, and I'm here for exploration. I guess. Um, so I don't know. That that is my that is really my only criticism of the game is the combat. Like it just I just don't think it needed it. Um, I run by all the enemies. I don't fight them unless I have to. <laughs> so and yeah. that and and that's like that's what I was getting to with the Hollow Knight thing. Like in Hollow Knight, I would fight everything on my way because I needed the resources. Where in Ori, I don't give a shit because I don't need them because whatever. <laughs> I don't I don't really care if my if I get more combat abilities or whatever. Yeah. So So yeah, it's and and that's actually like going all the way back to Metroid. You didn't ever really need to fight enemies in Metroid unless they were literally in your way or you needed health. Yeah, like um, you had to make the jump and they were blocking the jump path. Yeah. Yeah, like like in Ori they're kind of just annoying. Like they're not really they're not really usually in your way. Um, sometimes it's kind of they're... an interesting decision for them to go with. I wonder if like the success of Hollow Knight influenced them at all. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Hollow Knight came out three years ago, um, two years ago. I can't remember, but uh, but I mean, Ori took like a big like it was supposed to come out, then it got delayed, then it got delayed again. So I really wouldn't be surprised if there was like a a pretty big shift there at some point seeing how hollow knight was received and stuff i mean it's it's insanely similar like a lot of uh, and how it works and how the stuff and how you get upgrades and how you equip them and all that stuff i mean it's so similar that it would be it would be surprising if they were like yeah we didn't we didn't look at at hollow knight at all it's like i i don't know if i believe you but okay (laughs) so are you ready to give a rating on that one uh i didn't finish it yet i think it's really good I'll give it a golf clap. Oh, okay. I, I I do I do really enjoy the game. Like I, I I I sound super negative on the combat, but it's just the one criticism I have of it. That's it. Otherwise it's otherwise it's great. Um I just haven't I haven't been like like when I play it, I'll play it for like three hours at a time. Yeah, so Which is a lot. So you're which not is getting a lot. sick of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sick of it. I'm just you know, there's a whole bunch of other things out, so I haven't had yeah. a chance to finish it yet. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you. Yeah. So yeah, this, it's good. With this, it's on Game uh, Pass also. <laughs> yep, that's how I'm playing it, free. Well, I guess not free, but I sort didn't of, buy the game. S- yeah. Sort of free. <laughs> yeah. So with this, uh, I guess, social distancing initiative we have in the entire United States that kind of leaves board games out the window for uh, for me. a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been playing a lot with my wife, uh, just the two-player games that we have. Yeah. So that's been kind of fun, but I do miss playing with three people. Yeah, I miss um I miss Netrunner even though we've been playing it online. Um and I miss yeah, like I would play with Mike for a while for leading up to this, we were playing something almost once a week, which was yeah. great. And and literally right before Pennsylvania got locked down, uh we I went on a trip with another group of friends to just play board games. Oh my god, that's right. I can talk about one. I'm so excited. I can talk about one that is amazing. Um, but yeah, board games are still fun. Still fun. So, I'll try to keep it 
I thought it would be topical and pertinent if I chose a game that was good with two players in case yeah. anyone listens to this stuff and goes out and orders the things that we talk about. I don't know if that happens or not, but I don't know. But if you're I living have, with your spouse or or whatever, yeah, here's a I have a uh, a game that just came out this year, I think, or maybe the begin end of last year and uh I've been I played it a bunch of times with my wife, probably three or four times in the last couple weeks, and I think it's amazing. And uh, it's called In the Hall of the Mountain King, which I think oh, yeah. is a sweet name for a game, number one. It's also the name of a metal song, I think. An old it's a, it's a, uh, it's, it's actually a classic, like a classical song, I think. Like it's a symphony or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so that shows how much I know. But uh, it's a really cool game. It's You have teams of trolls, and the premise of the game is that the trolls were – ousted from their mountain by i guess it's goblins or some some other minion i can't remember what it was orcs i don't think it's orcs (laughs) but anyway so the trolls were ousted from their their uh cavernous kingdoms they have in the hills in the mountains and they wandered the countryside for years and then i guess the mountain is calling them back and they, they all have this intrinsic feeling that the cavern collapsed and killed all of the the uh, hostile forces that were living inside their old homes. Mm-hmm. So now the game pretty much takes place as troll groups that are returning to the mountain to di- redig their home out for them to restore their their former glory. Yeah, and it's kind of neat because like the game board is the mountain, and you have teams of trolls. And uh, you have to, like, excavate uh, tunnels. And the tunnels are, like, Tetronimo yeah. tiles that you put place on the on the game board. And so you have this puzzle of shaping uh, the Tetronimo tiles on the board. And then also the pieces that you're digging, like the, in the spots where you're digging your tunnels, there is resources that come out that you can use for further digging or for other things. And then there's also <clears throat> statues that you uncover. Mm-hmm. And the statues are basically how you score points. Uh, because, like, at the end of the game, you look at all your tunnels, and your tunnels are worth certain amount, certain amount of points. If you would have excavated, like, big squares, like big square, you laid your tetronomo pieces on the board in, to form big enough spaces, you can put, like, uh, hall. Ta- uh, hall spaces over your your tunnels that you dug, mm-hmm. which like signify like great halls for the the trolls. Yeah, and then you would move the statues around that you've excavated because there's like pedestals on the game board where the statues are worth more points. Ah, uh. so it's like this nice puzzle of it's kind of like area control. I was gonna say because you're all using the same board right yes. like it, yes. whereas other other like tetris pieces laying games you're usually just playing your own game kind yeah, of so it's all on the yeah. same board and then you can't your tunnels can't touch each other yeah so you can kind of like wall each other in and stuff like that and it's just a, it's really cool it's a really cool game the yeah whole, it sounds neat the whole troll horde that you're controlling like, the way you handle resources that you get to dig and to do magic and stuff like that is, like, every troll card, you start out with four of them. 
and they all have like a specific resource on them. And when you would get a new troll card, you have to like buy the troll cards like a deck building game. Okay. When you get it a troll card, you place the troll card like above uh, two troll cards that are in the bottom row. So you kind of are building this troll pyramid. Oh, okay. And then every time you place a troll card on top of the two other ones, like the resources activate, so you get the resources on okay. the troll cards. Yeah. So like that's a puzzle of like because you can buy specific trolls with specific resources. Yeah. So, like you can kind of like strategize. Like I want. I know I want this specific resource, and if I buy this troll, it'll give me two of those resources, so now I can do the magic to do the thing to... That's cool. That sounds like uh, there's... Very quickly, there's a game I played called Viceroy that is that entire mechanic, and that's the whole game, and it's pretty cool. Um, With the triangles, you mean? Like the pyramid building stuff? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so like there's a couple different mechanics that work in this game and are weaved together. It just makes for a really cool game. And I'm really excited to try it because I've only played it with two players. Mm-hmm. And in a two-player version of the game, like, there's a smaller board. Because when you flip oh. it over for, for four players, yeah. the board gets bigger. So th- th- it's nice because it scales. But, like, we can both kind of just build, like, wherever we want. Yeah, there's no... Because um... there's not enough competition for spaces on the board. So, yeah. like, definitely, definitely when you play with... Like, either three people, because that adds a third person to the the board that we're on already. Or if you'd play with four or five, like, you're going to yeah. be fighting for space way more. And it's going to be way more of, like, can I nail that statue first and all these different things. And Right. Such a cool game. The artwork is amazing. Like, all the trolls look unique. And the theme is fun. And it's just, it's a sweet game. Yeah, it sounds cool. Um there's a, like there's to, a team like variant sure. of it where you can hmm. split into two teams. And, like, when you collect your resources, it goes into, like, a tr- like a cave. It's nice on your little player mat. It has a cave. But when you're playing yeah. the team variant, there's, like, a huge storeroom card that you place between your two team members. And all your resources get pulled into there. Yeah. And so it's just – that game's sweet. It really is. <laughs> yeah, it, sound, it sounds neat. I – um. It, it sounds like because we we've talked off air. Like I've wanted to play Caverna a lot, where you're digging you're digging into a mountain, exposing stuff, placing things in those areas that you expose. So then yeah. you're like building building uh, options to take while you're taking your turn and stuff. So that that part alone sounds really cool. And um, I, I like it's like it's simple enough that like we you know the first time we picked it up, I read the the instructions. We got it right away. Like. My yeah. wife and I had like a our first game of it, even though it was new for both of us. Like our the game was competitive, and yeah, it's just it's good. It's like the actions are all laid out on the tile board nicely. You know exactly what you're allowed to do and how the game works. Like within ten minutes of playing it, and then you, you can just get to like forming strategies that either work or don't work like instantly. And, and that's it's just good. It's a good yeah. game. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so the one that I'm really glad I just remembered <laughs> King's Dilemma, King's Dilemma. Um, holy shit. What a cool, what a cool thing. And I think a very specific experience that requires a very specific setup and number of players and everything. But I, I went on this trip with a, with a group of friends. We just went to the mountains to play games and, um, the King's Dilemma, like, I think recently came out. 
or somewhat recently came out, uh, where it is, uh, it's designed by the Railroad Inc. guys, by the way, which is super weird because <laughs> Railroad Inc. is like a really quick playing, like silly game, and King's Dilemma is like this crazy, in depth, like role playing sort of strategy game. But, um, King, King's Dilemma is you are playing essentially the small council from Game of Thrones. Um, you are you are playing the people that tell the king what they should do. You're not playing the king. You're not playing military commanders. You're not playing any of that. You are literally just people sitting around the table making decisions for the realm. And it is so interesting. It is so fun because you are playing like you are the representative of a major house in the land. And uh, it's a legacy game, so like you can only play it once. Because um, as you're going through, you're making decisions on things that can never happen again, right? So like you're putting stickers on a little board, you're pitching cards that will never come into play again. And, and so like it's this, first of all, it's this investment. So like it's a legacy game, you're only playing it once, you have to know okay, this is only going to happen once, unless you buy another copy of the game. By only playing it once, he means there's scenarios that you're playing through, and you play the scenario one time, and then that's done. But there's well, probably how, how many chapters or scenarios are there? Well, so so actually it doesn't it doesn't work like typical legacy games. Um, you are playing through 15 generations of this realm, and that's yeah. it. And, and each generation, nothing changes. You're doing the same thing generally every generation. It's just different events cause other things to happen throughout the course of the game. That and you have to make decisions on. That you have to make decisions on. And that's the whole game. The whole game yeah. is the whole game is um you draw from a deck, there is a speaker uh, in the small council every every generation, and that speaker will change constantly based on mechanics. And um they read out a, a thing like, Oh, we found this we found this uh, very rare ore. Uh, what should we do with it? Should we give it to the military, or should we start selling it and trading it across the land? And so you make you, you all vote on how that is going to resolve with resources that you have a limited amount of. And the whole game really is just you trying bickering. to. Yeah, it's it's literally bickering. Yeah. And, but but so that's what I was saying when I first started. It's like it's very specific. Like you have to have you have to you have to right play crew. it with you have to play it with people that can one get into that kind of thing and uh, two not be upset about it as it yeah. goes on and yeah. three not not and and maybe be upset about it within the confines of the game like by role playing or something. But like once the game's over, it's over. Forget about it. Don't hold any grudges. It's the game. And, like, I think I got really lucky with the group that I played it with because we got so into... Like, I know I personally got really into my house. My house is uh, religious zealots that are afraid of uh, all cultures that aren't their own. They're afraid of all religions that aren't their own. And so these houses that you play all have secret objectives that are behind player screens that, like, nobody knows about and inform your decision-making. And so, like, you you kind of have to role play a bit otherwise it's not going to be interesting so like any any kind of agenda that would come up that had something to do with <laughs> literally the realm gaining knowledge and gaining better like information about life i was against 
because like that's my house my house doesn't want knowledge they they don't want people to be informed they want people to be ignorant and like so playing that we we played half of this game over the course of a weekend we got together to play board games for like three days with all we all have all these board games and we played king's dilemma for like 15 hours of that weekend <laughs> and because we were all just so into it and it was so fun and um we're like halfway through the game so i hope we get to finish it at some point but um playing another weekend at the end of all this yeah i mean it, it's just so i like that that experience was so because like there's not game there's no gameplay really like the gameplay is dropping your resources votes bullshitting each other making deals stabbing people in the back and this is why and board games are great because we yeah. can feed a facility, a, a just cornucopia of different gameplay styles. And yeah, this is one of them. I I honestly was like I, like I was really interested in it when I first heard about it, and I was super excited that we were going to play it. And I was a little scared because I haven't you been like having the social games. Well, no, I do like social games, but they need to be very specific. They need to have gameplay, and this has gameplay. And um, I, but the role play part, the role play part is what I was uh, worried about. Okay, okay. Because because I think if you're not playing your house, it's not. There's no reason it's not to cool. make decisions. Yeah, for, like it's not. Yeah, other it, than I feel like saying yes or no, or I feel like being a jerk in this argument. Now, what's interesting is one of the houses is that. They are just basically chaos. So, like, you could never fit the per- the person that was playing that house. You could never guess what they were going to do. But and that's so, kind like, of fun in its own way because, right? And right. they're just like, I'm sowing the seeds of anarchy. Yeah, right. And so, if, if everybody was doing that, it wouldn't yeah, be cool. Yeah. But like, so it worked. And um, like me playing the the religious zealots is really funny because like, it's like everybody did you hate. Have a, did you have a religious hates zealot? me? Did you have a religious zealot voice that you did while you were? Uh... No, no, no. I no, the, the, this is what I was talking about the role play thing. Like, does, I, other, does your other friends do that? No, no, no. I'm having like I'm not having the best experience with Dungeons and Dragons, and I've talked a lot about this off air, where I'm currently in a game, and no offense to anybody involved, but like I just can't. Do, do they know you're not having a great time? Mike knows. I've talked to Mike okay. about it a lot because okay. he's in because he's in my game, but um. I just can't do the completely open-ended decision stuff that is D&D. I just I just can't do it. I it paralyzes me and then I just sit there and I kind of don't really engage. I try to, but like I can't engage cuz I don't know it's like what too to do. Much pressure. It's too much. Yeah, I just I don't like that. I don't like that aspect. I'm trying to play my character and I and it's and that's cool like trying to build your own character and like you you have complete control over how they act and stuff. Like that's cool. But King's Dilemma gives you a little bit of a push. It's like, here's your house. This is what here's you're your this is what you're worried about. This is how your decisions impact this is this is how the gameplay impacts your decisions. And so like I was immediately able to get into the role play of that. So So did you choose that house or did yeah, you just randomly we spent, draw them? We we talked about it for a bit cuz we were like maybe we should just hand them out randomly and like just whatever, but we actually just spent some time like looking what at all What does the of rule them. book suggest? I don't remember actually. Um I, I don't know because I didn't read the rule book, uh, but we spent time figuring. That's like, part of what it too. Could you could get stuck with a house that you maybe don't want to right. play style that you don't want to play as, and then right. And and you're also at the very beginning of the game, you have no idea how it's going to work. So like, 
getting stuck randomly and then maybe getting deep into it you can't change so like i mean maybe you could change but then you're at the end of the day you're losing all this progress with the house that you started as yeah it would it would be bad but um but yeah i mean i that like that like that little premise and push and the game is simplified and pared down to like just this one thing and role playing is really important like helped me significantly like, Five I, is like I a pretty that. crazy number to need for the yes. game. Yeah. Yes, yes, and so that's what I mean. It's it's a very specific game. You have to hit all of these things because I don't think you should play with less than five. You need an odd number, and and if you would play with three, that would be weird. I because I think you would I think you would end up hating each other. Um, yeah, because with four people, then you have two people going one way, two people have right. another. With, right, nothing would ever get people, resolved. You have t- one person going one way, one person going the other, and then it's just one other person that's making the decision between the three people, which is like, okay, now I'm feeling ganged up on because yep. you guys are fighting me. Yep. So having, yes. to ha- having to have five for a game that requires you to play, like, multiple times and sit together for, like, multiple, what, one-and-a-half or two-hour sessions or whatever the game takes to play through one scenario yeah. or one generation of A King's Life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a big commitment that I personally would struggle to fill. Yeah. My I mean, gaming, the people that I usually play games with. So that stinks that I feel like I, I can't engage with this experience. Yeah. It's, and it I'm sucks. happy for you that you did. Yeah. Cause I wish more people could. And like, yeah. that's that, like I was, I feel so lucky to have been one invited to this and two, we actually got to make it work. So yeah, it, it is a really specific thing, but I and to can't be clear, I think recommend this is, it enough. I think this is common with all legacy games. Yeah. Like I when we talked about Betrayal Legacy on was it last episode that we talked about or two episodes ago? I can't really remember. I can't remember either. <laughs> Maybe two uh, ago. I said that I'm playing with three people and I didn't think three was the greatest number for that game either. So these, yeah. like and you know we, we've talked about other games just that having the the right number is is sometimes integral to a good experience and yeah so yeah fortunately too in the the way things are right now unless you're hold up with five people like that's pretty uh, right like there's no you're, there's no way you're playing this game anytime yeah. soon unless yeah. you're just not but I, honoring I did see that stuff, Amazon but. is like selling out of board games like crazy yeah right um, now which is kind of a neat thing so if you get if you're stuck at home you got people to play with you might want to think about looking through some yeah some I mean best of lists there's a there's a real possibility you have multiple people that you live with in a single house or something I mean the 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 um the group that I went with has at least three people in his house at all times so yeah. like he he can just play anything at any time pretty much um so yeah i i loved king's dilemma it's by far my favorite thing i've played so far this year but again a very like very specific situation that just happened to align and work um but it's so cool it was so good i was like the whole time i was like i really want to play other games but like this is great i think too like we should really continue doing this i think too if you if you played other games with five people you would find that a lot of those are like more rewarding and enriching well we number two we played dune we got to play uh, we got to play a big game of dune and um that was boy that game is so difficult but interesting uh (laughs) well so it's so hard to teach it, yeah. There's so much to learn in that game that, like, once we finally... Like, we got through multiple rounds teaching new things along the way because that was the easiest way to do it. 
and by the round that we were at where we all knew how to play it Someone got to this in win conditions already yes yes and it got to this point so like it's interesting because dune seems like this really crazy hard strategy game and it is and it's and it sounds like it's going to take fucking forever but as soon as people know how to play it it moves quick and like yeah. it was just like suddenly over and we were all like oh nobody was paying attention to this and like they won and it was just like fuck but like it was cool like that was cool to play with five players because um I think that's again, the best. that's the prime number, baby. That's a, that's, that's a game. That's a game that should have a high number of players yeah. with how it works and stuff. But yeah. So yeah. let's do one more game. We both played it recently. refresh, and then we can send these people off to yeah. enjoy their lives at home and being safe. Indoors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great Western trail. How do you feel about it? We just played it on tabletop simulator last week. I thought it was I awesome. I played it a couple times with my wife. I think it's a great game. Yeah. Unfortunately, you probably can't find it anywhere on the internet right now unless you buy the German version of the game, which is what <laughs> I did. Yeah. And then I printed a PDF of the rules, which is available from the board game developer on their website. So yeah, most I'm not most... really doing anything illegally. No. And the game doesn't have any like words on it. It's all symbols, pretty yep. much. Which so, is smart. Dope game. What What do you think? What do you think? Actually, about it? I'm surprised the cow names aren't in German. I just realized that. Or are they? Are the cow names in German? No, they're the cow names are the cow names, bruh. Interesting. Um, a black yeah. Angus is a black uh, Angus <laughs> in every language. A Guernsey is a Guernsey. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, Great Western Trail is hilarious. Like, the premise is so good. Uh, it takes place in what, like, 17, 1800s America? Where I can't, it's they, the way they describe it is 18th. I think it's 18th century or 19th century. I always get my it's 19th century. So 1800s. 19th century Kansas City is yeah. what it is specifically. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're playing as a cowboy cattle. Yeah, cowboy cattle rustler trying to you know move move a horde of cows across the state and get them to Kansas City and sell them across the country with railroads. That um, it, it's just like the premise is amazing alone. I love that. That's so good. The premise is amazing. Like, it's it's such a mishmash of genres. Yeah. That like you can't really define it as one thing, which I think is so neat. Like it has deck building elements, but it's like not really not a deck really builder a deck builder because yeah. you're you're using one hand of cards essentially at the end of the trail for your points. Yeah. And then yeah, like, it's like yeah. sort of an engine builder. But it's yep. not really an engine builder because, like, I, the engine would be the trail is what is what you're building. And your player board. So, like, the trail and the player board is, like, working in tandem and stuff. Yeah, it's it's it's, cr- just, it's, it's hard to describe um, and, and I, as, like, board game neophytes kind of. Um, I think I'm a little afraid to wade into those waters. There's Shut Up and Sit Down and No Pun Included have really good reviews of it. But, um... But yeah, like the 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 way that the board works, I think is the most interesting part about the game where um you are moving a player character across the trail and there's multiple paths that you can take to to make it to Kansas City. And the trail is is sort of like Monopoly where you're going to keep going around like yeah. in the game there's no end. You just keep yeah. going around and delivering and delivering and delivering until someone reaches the end game. Yeah. And the, spot. And as the game progresses, the path changes because one of the actions you can do as a player is build like 
buildings along the trail that do different things and give different actions. And by building these different buildings, it changes how many moves players can take and like where they can go and what actions they can do. And it like some of them interrupt players or like tax other players and like where you choose to build it, you can build it wherever you want, but like you, you kind of are like weighing this trail of like, okay, I'm going to be taking this path. So I want my buildings here, but I also want to put one that impacts other people and makes them pay me along the way and stuff. And it's like all of those decisions just on building the map alone are really cool. And that's just like one small aspect of the game. Yeah. And then on top of that, like there's, there's a whole bunch of different things you can kind of focus on for your strategy. Yeah. And so like, let's say I want to be all, I want to focus on the train this game. I want to, upgrade all the train stations and have all conductors on my workforce. You want to be the railroad tycoon of, of 1800s Kansas. And that's a viable strategy. And then maybe one person wants to just focus on cattle all the game and they have to go all cowboys. And so there's this like variety of uh, ways to win kind of. And I think the game rewards people who adapt to the variety of the way to win that is best for that game. And since the you are changing the board game state constantly yep. with whoever's playing, then there's a different strategy that is the best strategy like at all times. So it just it just it just becomes this like puzzle of how do I optimize and it's like that throughout the entire hour and a half, 2 hour experience that the game is and it's amazing. Yeah, and um I, I have the scores in front of me actually from when we played and like so something I've harped on with games in the past and I don't know too much on the show but like the the theme if the theme doesn't work with what you're actually doing in the game it's like a little disappointing so the deck building part is you gathering cows that's the whole deck building aspect of the game is your deck is cows and that's it. <laughs> and so there's a couple ways to like remove cows that are not worth points or like low value. And so um, I, I went all in on trying to get good cows as, as like, as the game, as I learned the game after a couple turns and I saw how it was working, I was like, okay, these cows are worth victory points at the end of the game. And so I wanted to build my deck towards being a cattle like I wanted to have the most prized cows <laughs> and I had a lot of them and that was my highest scoring category in in our game for sure like with without a doubt that's the most points I got was from making sure I was a good cattle rustler and breeder or whatever like I I had the most prized cows and that's really like all victory conditions in the game work towards the theme that's just one example and that's really good that's really satisfying for me personally so yeah. that game is sweet. You Nick did win that game too. I did win the, that game with the awesome hand of cows. I, and, har, harsh, harsh also went really hard on the cows, but like I, I, I didn't buy any cows. I bought one or two cows. Yeah. And you weren't that far. Like you still beat harsh actually. So yeah. Yeah. So like it was, it, it is interesting. There's like a ton of different ways to win. And like you do, you should diversify. Cause that was how, cause I got other points and other things, but like, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I was I was really glad that I got to play that. We played it on Tabletop Simulator. Shout out as always. What an DTS. amazing what an amazing feature especially now if you can't meet up with friends. Um it's just so good. Uh And it works on shitty computers, old computers, whatever. 
you don't need some crazy computer to play tabletop simulator so like nope my computer's poop and i'm doing fine yeah 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 it's great um yeah anything else you got anything else for these lovely we 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 we're revisiting gloomhaven um again on tabletop simulator but gloomhaven's great uh gloomhaven is also a game you could play solo if you want to buy the physical version and yeah it's just like a good dungeon crawling role-playing game um but yeah gloomhaven's awesome i'm I'm glad i'm glad we kind of are back into it i don't know if it's going to be a weekly thing again but um yeah it's been it's been fun learning that game again uh i needed a break from it because i was getting a little salty about how some of it works uh, and now that we're back into it, I really appreciate it again. After playing like a lot more board games between stopping and starting it, so. yeah, then and now, yeah, yep. All I got is that it's WrestleMania weekend, so happy <laughs> Mania weekend to the millions and millions. How crazy they're they're doing it with no audience, right? Like that's that's still the thing, right? Can we talk about this? Do you want to talk about this? Song? I don't really I have, want. I don't really want to. I think I that's the interesting part. That could be short. <laughs> short and uh go for it i, I know some like, fans will appreciate it it's kind of an interesting thing to have empty arena wrestling i mean they shut down all professional sports yep and so wrestling immediately made the decision they were like well we can do these shows in isolation at our performance center in front of empty so it essentially became studio wrestling again which is what it used to be like in the 80s and 90s mm. Um, uh, but you, it's weird. Like I, I commend the decision to try and give people entertainment in times of need. Yeah. Uh, it can feel a little tone deaf sometimes when like we're scared to touch each other in public and they these guys are like yeah. exchanging body fluids. Like I, I was wondering about that too. Yeah. And so I think the initial opinion on it, cause I, I like, I frequent a lot of blogs and different websites and stuff about wrestling to feed yeah. my my uh addiction yeah (laughs) but i think the initial opinion was a lot of oh this is cool i can't hate on this because we have something to watch and like the longer and longer this isolation has gone on people are just like nah this is tone deaf they need to get rid of this they should just be oh really pausing all pausing all shows because it it, i mean like they have storylines in wrestling just like they do in like game of thrones right yeah so when this all happened and they started working in isolation, it kind of changed like the people that are available all the time because they didn't, they're not forcing people to come wrestle. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Like some people are staying home with their families. Some people have health conditions that they're not going to wrestle through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they essentially had to like change everything because they have these problems. But since wrestling is fake, they can like rewrite the show and stuff. So, right. I don't know. It, it becomes this problem of like, should we leave this storyline to pick up for when things are normal again? Or do we try to cash out on this now? Which is like a lot of what WrestleMania is going to be. And I, I, a lot of it's been pre-recorded. So they're not yeah. doing like live stuff tonight, but then I think some of it is going to be live. So I don't know. I have a lot of mixed feelings. I feel like this is the weirdest WrestleMania of all time. Oh, I'm sure, without a doubt, yeah. <laughs> and as a person who's been watching WrestleMania for 25 years, it's like 
I don't know. It's unprecedented to like not know what the heck's going to, I don't know if I'm going to turn on a TV and it's going to be like a normal episode of raw. Like it's been for the last couple months, just in an empty arena, or if they will have put a multi-million dollar stage in like, Mm. it's just, it's kind of unprecedented. I don't know if they're going to have like edited matches where they're putting like studio movie effects in to make it look more. Oh, really? Is that a possibility? Yeah. Heck yeah, it is. Oh, wow. I just huh. don't. I have no idea, and so hmm. we'll we'll all have to wait and see. I guess I'll be watching. It's we're recording this on Saturday morning, so Saturday night, Sunday night are the two nights of WrestleMania. Also, a new thing, which they usually do one night. Now it's two nights. So yeah. Okay. Who knows, man? I actually do. I actually do have a comment on this. So the audience for wrestling is, like, a really big part, right? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Wrestling is essentially a popularity contest, and the people who win matches are the people who are more popular. They tell stories with a bad guy who's unpopular and a good guy who's popular. Yeah. And they do this over the course of, you know, an extended, whatever, month or two-month or three-month arc where the bad guy essentially beats the good guy a lot of times until the last final match. They have the big blow-off where the good guy wins. Everyone cheers. Yay, it's a good storyline. That's yeah. what it is, essentially. And so without having audience engagement, it's like impossible for them to know who... Oh, yeah, that's true. I wasn't even thinking is, that part. Yeah. Who is popular? Yeah. And like, is this character working on screen? Is he flat? And yeah. so that's that's one thing that's... They yeah. just have to go off their writing, which is never a good thing. The other part of it <laughs> is, like, these guys, I mean, wrestling's fake, but they are beating the hell out of each other. Yeah. And doing it in front of a live audience to people that are screaming their heads off, I'm sure offers adrenaline. Yes. That that they would need to get through the pain of some matches. And, like, you can kind of tell with some of the stuff that they've been doing in the last couple weeks. Like, they're hurting each other, and, like, there's no audience there for them to... Yeah like cover up groaning and different things and it's just like some of it comes off as like ugh. Like, yeah like it doesn't yeah it, it looks like they're beating each other up for the sake of beating each other up which yeah. is like not fun i'm i'm i don't know yeah i the thing i was thinking of because i haven't watched wrestling in 20 years um but i was thinking like the when the rock does the people's elbow right like yeah, he, he poses lo- to he the poses, crowd. He looks stuff. at the audience. He pulls off his. He pulls off the elbow guard and like throws it out into the crowd, and everybody goes fucking crazy. And yeah. then when and then when he drops it, it's like oh, you yeah, know, like that, like that doesn't. And like that move specifically would never hurt anyone. I can do the people's right. elbow to you, and you're you're fine. But like the move is fun because everyone goes nuts when he does it. Right, and like his, his the whole performance of him like looking out at the crowd and all that stuff. Yes, like so, like exactly. are they are they doing stuff? Like do people are they not doing signature moves now? because there's no audience or like would the rock look at an empty stadium like it's that's what so i was thinking of <laughs> they they move the hard cam to be on the stage so you don't see any empty crowd like it's just the ring and then the screen behind yeah. them is what all you see when they're wrestling a lot okay um like different performers have done different things like a lot of them have changed the way they would like do entrance entrances and things like they don't pose like yeah. for the whole crowd anymore because yeah there's, so they essentially pose to the camera that is the TV at home. Mm-hmm. So it's people at home. So it's it's like sort of awkward, but it's not. I mean, it makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like some of the programs on like Monday night and Friday night, their normal episodic television shows, 
they'll be doing stuff where like it's a person in the ring with the microphone and they'll show someone backstage with the microphone and it's like you guys are like five feet away from each other and you're the only ones in the building yeah it doesn't make any sense for you to be talking back and forth like this yeah and so it's hard to like criticize them because you know they're working under weird conditions yeah like it's hard to fault the product for being worse when they're missing a key element you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but i don't know we'll see it wrestlemania could be amazing it could be critically panned i i think that's probably more likely the case is everyone just going to be like this was a huge pr debacle for yeah a company that's at this point hemorrhaging money because every company is and yeah they're paying all their wrestlers to stay home, and they're not earning any money from a live show that usually tours twenty four seven. And it's just yeah, yeah. I mean, th- canceling WrestleMania alone, which is like two hundred thousand wrestling fans, the biggest weekend of the year every year for people who watch wrestling. Yeah, who turn out in droves for this type of thing is like, I can't imagine how the how much money they're the losing just from take that. A hit. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and they're not alone. Like, anyone who runs live event stuff is, I don't know how we'll yeah. come out of this, but it's just been wild times, man. My uh, my favorite thing that, because I'm exposed to wrestling, whether I want, want it or not, on, uh, on Twitter, um, one of my favorite things I saw so far with the no audience thing was, I don't know who the other guy was, but he was, I think he was talking to John Cena. And somebody put Twin Peaks music while yeah. he was while he was giving the uh, like he was giving this really long dramatic speech to John Cena with the Twin Peaks music, and it was yeah. it was really good. Like it, it like paired up really well because it was it was the old Twin Peaks like brooding like the nineties Twin Peaks music, like, yeah. And it's it's the one it's the song I I think I've played the, a clip of it on our show, show. before. It's the Spawn show I've been telling you to watch has all of that in it. Yeah, I, I swear, like the same person scored both shows. <laughs> it's crazy. It was that was just my favorite thing I saw. I was like, wow, this is hilarious, and it that only works because it's quiet in there. So that character is really funny because he's like Mister Rogers, but he's like a horror show version of Mister Rogers, where his puppets are all these like. I was gonna say I don't know what that means. <laughs> They're like all these macabre, like Mac- macabre, macabre. Yeah. Yeah, macabre, macabre. Macabre. Thank you for correcting a word that I've read wrong in my head yep. my entire life. It's now. a weird one, but yeah, it's It macabre. happens. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Yeah, cool. It'll be cool, maybe. I'll, I'll let you know how it is, how it goes. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be dying to know. I can't, I mean, I, I'm seriously on the to, edge of my seat. If you want to, you can subscribe for free. Nope. And then cancel your, your subscription and watch it for free. This I week. have so many better things to do, like stare at the wall, sleep. Well, sleeping I can, I can get, but staring at the wall, come on, give me some give me some I, no, love here a little there, bit. No, there is legitimately, I would never want to sit there and watch WrestleMania. <laughs> never. <laughs> I would never want to do that. I'm not even, I'm not even playing like, I just, no, no thanks. Isn't it like a super long amount of time? Yeah, it's like a whole day event. It's a thing. Yeah, no. Oof. It's fun to have parties and get wings and ha- drink beer all day and celebrate. You could you could do all of that and not watch wrestling. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a holiday but for wrestling fans. <laughs> I can't explain it if you don't if you don't buy in. It's just it's a nope. thing. 
Nope. Yeah, it's just I and I used to like wrestling. I don't get it. Um, and I couldn't watch WrestleMania back then either. So, uh, but yeah. Anyway, thanks for like entertaining my. You're welcome. I I know you're very excited about that. <laughs> I am. I I never. I mean, I didn't ask for it. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that's gonna do it for this one. Uh. Hopefully everybody out there is staying safe, and hopefully your family yeah. is doing well. Um, yeah, love your people, man. It's it's important to uh, you know reach out to people and yeah, make sure everyone's now now is a weird time to uh, make sure you talk to your family because like yeah. my family is not dealing with this well. <laughs> yeah, weirdly. Um, I, I mean, I guess it's not that weird, but because I'm the introvert of the family, but uh, yeah, I mean just. You know, make sure you reach out to people, keep in touch, let everybody know you're doing okay, and don't go outside unless you really have to. Um, I think taking that serious is pretty important, but um, yeah, hopefully we can give you some entertainment for a little bit and uh, play games, and yeah, till next time. Uh, Appreciate you guys coming out. Uh... Yeah. Stay safe, and um, we'll probably see you in a month for the next episode. But uh, cool. Peace.